Hey, Strong Runner Chicks. Just wanted to pop in and tell you about our first ever Strong Runner Chick retreat this summer, May 29th through June 1st. It'll also coincide with the Boulder Boulder 10K in Boulder, Colorado, which will be pretty incredible. And that'll be on Memorial Day, which is the day before. So get there one day early. You can come and run with us or volunteer at the race. And then in addition, we are currently running a Galentine's Day promo and we've extended the deadline. So if you sign up with a teammate or a friend, you will each get $50 off your registration. Welcome to Strong Runner Chick Radio, a leading online community where our goal is to educate, empower, and connect female distance runners across the world. We believe in healthy running, fueling, and embracing our strength as female distance runners inside and out. Through interviews with top professional, collegiate, and master's level runners, leading dietitians, coaches, sports psychologists, and runners of all shapes and sizes, we hope to spread the message that there is no one-size-fits-all approach to distance running. Now, let's get to the show. Hey, Strong Runner Chicks. Welcome to another episode of Strong Runner Chick Radio. Today we have with us Eleanor Fish. Eleanor is um, the founder of Run Wild Retreat retreats and wellness and she is known for um, integrating mindfulness into running. We will chat a bit more about all that she's been up to as we get into her interview but just know we are so excited to have you Eleanor so thank you for being on with us today. Well thanks for having me here Megan. Thanks so um, just to get a, a little bit of background for listeners how did you first get your start in running? I'm not kidding because all that you've done and all the work that you've helped people with is really inspiring to us. So once again, thank you for your time. We do appreciate it. Oh, well, it's great to be here. <laughs> you know, I, I started running in high school, really. When I was about 15 years old, I, I just, it sounded like a great idea to go for a run. And so I started running short periods like you know one or two miles at a time and and uh, was really interested in joining my high school track and cross-country team so I started running with them and that was pretty much what got me hooked Um, I wasn't exactly the fastest runner on our team or anything like that but I just loved the running and I really enjoyed the team aspect of it and so uh, all through high school and college, um, I, it was all about r- running track and cross country for me. That was what running meant. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it, it's changed a lot since then, but that's really what got me hooked in the beginning. Mm-hmm. It sounds like um, you were very um, inspired and um, motivated in a team atmosphere. Is that correct? Well, yeah, I think yeah. that's something that hasn't changed is, is the, the, the connections that I have developed the friendships that I've developed with with people over the years through running are the strongest my most favorite friendships and connections mm-hmm. and so yeah it, it started with the with being part of an actual competitive team but even after I have stopped running competitively 
that's why I love doing the retreats is we still get to feel that sense of connection as a group when we're on the retreat, uh, even though it's in a very different type of setting, you know, without the competitive aspect. But mm -hmm. uh, those connections mean a lot to me and always have. Mm -hmm. It sounds like it. Yeah. Um, and so you, uh, did you run in college or did you just run for yourself in college? Well, no, I was on our varsity track and cross country team. Uh, so I grew up in Canada. So I was at the University of Victoria on Vancouver Island. And I actually mm -hmm. selected that school specifically because, well, I grew up in British Columbia, but also I knew that they had a really strong running program. And so I, I knew that they always did very well uh, at the cross country nationals in Canada. And so I was really psyched to, to join their team. And so I ran with them all through my uh, undergraduate years, and uh, and then in my senior year, uh, we we won the the national team title. So that was that was the highlight and a great way to wrap up my my college days as a competitive runner. Mm, oh, I can imagine so. Um, and so after you graduated, um, what? Well, actually, what did you major in in um, your your collegiate experience? You know, I, I majored in geography and environmental oh. studies. And it's funny now because now that I own a travel company, it kind of makes sense that I was yeah. interested mm -hmm. in geography. But at right. the time, like there was probably about, there was a big gap of time there in my career where I explored other things like marketing and, and media relations and um, writing that didn't really seem at all connected to geography. But it's funny how these things kind of come just, Full circle eventually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And so, um, and also, it was really interesting to read that for four years you were the managing editor of Trail Running Magazine. Did you do any sort of geography and traveling with that? What was this experience like? Well, yeah. So I, I'd been freelance writing uh, and just for fun as a sort of a side gig. And, and then a, a job opened up on their editorial staff at Trail Runner Magazine, which is based here in Colorado. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's actually what brought me across the border. Uh, mm -hmm. 11 years ago now, I, I no, yeah, about 11 or 12 years ago, I moved down here to Colorado to come work for Trail Runner. And it was really a dream job at that point in my life. Uh, and because my favorite part of the job was when I got to travel. And one of my earliest assignments was to go spend a week running in Patagonia with two of the, the best trail running photographers in the world, Dan and Shanine Patatucci. Wow. Um, their photography is, is still featured in Trail Runner Magazine to this day, mm -hmm. and they're some of the best in the business. And I spent a, you know, over a week with these fabulous people running around Torres del Paine National Park, staying in refugios, and just having an absolute blast. And I thought, this is the best job <laughs> in the world. I love it. And, uh, and so it was really great. I got to write an article about that, mm -hmm. that great adventure. And I got to do some other exciting uh, travels while I was on staff there. Um, but uh, yeah, so that was definitely a highlight of working there. Mm -hmm. Oh, I can imagine so. And um, while you're working there, do you have a favorite place you traveled? Because that, I mean, when you said that Patagonia trip, I got goosebumps. That's amazing. What an incredible experience. Yeah. I mean, it was really cool. I also got to run in the Canadian Yukon 
to cover this this winter race, this like six day stage race through the frozen tundra of the Yukon. Wow! I didn't do the whole stage race, but I was covering it. Um, I got to run uh, through the Alps in Italy and and uh, and Switzerland, and that was really amazing. And uh, you know, but it, it, the interesting thing though was I I didn't. The job wasn't all about the travel, you know, mm -hmm. the big, the majority of it was about, you know, filing the stories and, and doing the research and editing articles. And so there'd be these big blocks of time where I wasn't getting to go out there and travel, but I was kind of stuck behind the computer and, and not feeling quite as connected to the mm -hmm. trail runner readers mm -hmm. as I, as I really wanted to be. And keep in mind, when I started at Trail Runner Magazine, it was 2006, which was really at the very advent of social media. And there was, there was no guidelines for business and in particular uh, media outlets for how to use social media as part of the, the business platform to engage with readers. It was like a complete unknown. Mm -hmm. I can imagine learning about that social media was, uh, how, what word do I want to use? Not only enlightening, but very, um, I guess maybe kind of otherworldly, if maybe that's the kind of word I want to use. Yeah, yeah. It was so interesting because I remember trying to set up Trail Runner Magazine's MySpace page and I was like, <laughs> I don't get it. What is this MySpace page? What do I, need to do with? I don't even know what it's supposed to do. <laughs> So it was so such a strange thing. And now it's so funny. I look back and, you know, how uh, for every media brand out there, like having a really robust social media presence is just a no brainer. But mm -hmm. it's so funny to think back to at that time when I was there and, and it, that really wasn't in place yet. And, and hardly anybody was on Facebook and um, it was just getting going. And, and so that was one of the things actually that inspired me to create run wild retreats was uh, I just wanted to like get out from behind the computer and actually go run with people more, more often. And mm. in particular women, because mm. it, it, uh, it was interesting that I was an editor at a magazine uh, that had a readership that was 75% male at that time. Mm -hmm. wow. Yeah. And I really wondered, I'm like, where are all the women? <laughs> right. Yeah. Power to the woman. My gosh. Yeah. That's amazing. And so you kind of just mentioned it. Um, was that your main basis for developing the retreats? And I guess, why did you feel like you needed to um, create run wild retreats and wellness? Yeah. So I just, I, as much as I loved writing for the magazine, I wanted to actually spend more time out in the woods on the trails running with people um, because that to me is, is what was so inspiring about the sport. Um, and as much as I enjoyed covering the competitive aspect of the sport, it was, for me, it was never that uh, so much about the competition. It was always more about, let's just go have fun on the trails and go exploring. And so, uh, in 2010, I, there wasn't really even a brand. There wasn't really run wild retreats there. There was in the background, but I, I just wanted to 
create an event. So mm -hmm. I thought, well, maybe once a summer I'll put on a retreat and it'll just be for women and we'll go into this lodge in the woods in Colorado and just go talk about trail running and go running together. And so that's what we did. And the first few years were, were an absolute blast. And it was just, uh, you know, a few hours from where I live in the Colorado Rockies, and we would just get this great group of women together. What amazed me, though, is that women would actually fly in from across the country mm -hmm. uh, for a weekend. <laughs> mm -hmm. And they, they would tell me, like, you know, this is great, but it's too short. You got to make it longer. You got to make it wow. bigger. And, and then they would say, okay, so I did your Colorado retreat. Where are we going to go run next? And I thought, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Where should we go? And, uh, and so it really got me thinking over the years, like, huh, there might really be something to this. Maybe, mm -hmm. maybe run wild retreat should really become its own thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and so then as my career path kind of shifted and eventually I was ready to move on from trail runner magazine and I, uh, had a bit of a, a diversion into some other aspects of, um, of running or marketing, doing marketing work in the running industry. Mm. Uh, but always in the back of my mind was this like run wild retreats, run wild retreats. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I, gotta, I, I just, I couldn't let it go. I really could not let it go. Mm -hmm. um, I just, it was just pulling at my heart to not let it die, to, mm -hmm. to, to take this thing, the seed that had been planted and nourish it. Mm -hmm. Now, at this point, when you were considering that, had you been doing run wild retreats uh, one time a year consistently? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was once a summer and I was just keeping it really simple because I had this other full-time job mm -hmm. at the time. And then after a few years, I thought, all right, you know what? I can't ignore this anymore. And I actually left the security of a full-time job with benefits mm -hmm. <laughs> to put all of my energy and my passion into really turning run wild retreats and wellness into into something that was really going to serve the running community and in particular women because um, it just was apparent to me that there were women like me out there that really loved to run and wanted to spend time with other women who really wanted love to run that had nothing to do with racing and being competitive but we wanted to talk about like what running uh really meant to us and i would think back to those those early retreats that we did up in Colorado and, and, and people would, people would tell me what they got from the experience that I didn't anticipate. And it would be things just like they felt inspired to, uh, to start that business that they'd always been dreaming of, but didn't have the confidence to do. Uh, and there's a, there's a true story behind that. And, and this other woman who, had recently lost her husband to cancer and she had come on the retreat to just help start her, her healing process from, from that and just process some of her grief and, and just take a, take a little break from, um, from everything that was shifting in her life. Um, and, and, and so she told me afterward that what that experience meant to her. And, and I just was hearing all these stories that had nothing to do with, running performance and running fitness and changing our bodies or doing anything. It was just all about, it was much more of a deeper uh, spiritual nourishment that was happening. And I thought, okay, I don't know what to call that, but 
these retreats are going to be all about that. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, and so that's where eventually the, the process that, that I've structured the retreats around has become known as mindful running. Um, mm. But it, it really emerged very organically from just seeing what people were responding to and what was happening within them naturally when I provided a certain environment and, and opportunity for those shifts to occur. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, um, you mentioned there that, that this mindful nourishment, I love incorporating that along with mindful running, you've noticed, it seems you've noticed a lot of positive impacts in, um, those who attend the retreat. Yeah. Mm. Exactly. And, and I could really zero in on those effects because I could really relate to a lot of the different things that, that these women were, were dealing with because I've had them in my own life. And I think but by sharing some of my own struggles uh, with stress and chronic health issues, I think it's helped resonate with women and, and help them realize that uh, that this is a place where they'll be understood <laughs> and that I could really relate to maybe some of what they're going to and that this is a place where we can open up and we can share these experiences uh, and and really it, a lot of these these obstacles and issues come down to stress and how they're affecting our bodies and our minds uh, mm -hmm. and the story that I, I share a lot with our retreat attendees is my own struggle with with severe fatigue uh especially after the last the last hundred mile uh, trail race that i did uh many years ago um i i just had really taken on too much in my life and 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 you know the hundred mile race yeah that's a big thing but you know under normal circumstances it actually would have been okay you know but at that point in my life, I also had a, a young son and starting a new family and I had this full-time job and it was, the stress was completely overwhelming. And I got to a point where I, even though I was incredibly fit, I couldn't get out of bed in the morning. Mm. On Saturday mornings, I would just want to crawl under the sheets and pull them over my head and not face the world. Like I was mm. so overwhelmed with stress. And it took me a long time to really start to appreciate and understand uh, that the effects of stress on the body are actually not that dissimilar from the effects of a heavy training load. Mm -hmm. I felt as if I was running a marathon every single day and I felt silly for feeling that way. So I would beat myself up for being so lazy and not being stronger or not to persevere harder, just get through it, just get everything done. But then when I started to really study the effects of stress and I realized that our, our biological response to emotional stress and the stress mm -hmm. from say like a work situation or, you know, not getting enough sleep, it's the same as if I had 
actually been running a marathon a day in terms of uh, like hormones being disrupted, mm -hmm. inflammation in my body that was making me so tired and achy and not sleeping well. And, and just this, these feelings of anxiety and negativity and, you know, all this stuff. Uh, so that's really what led me to really look into the, you know, mindfulness, uh, as a lifestyle, as a practice and, and incorporating mindfulness into my life as if it were a training plan. Mm -hmm. And, and I had to do that in order to dig myself out of that pit of, of really severe unhealth <laughs> that I was in. Mm -hmm. Um, but I learned so much from it and, um, and I still use it to this day. <laughs> mm. Mm. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing about your health, your personal health struggles. I can imagine that wasn't an easy time for you. Mm. Um, so I really do appreciate that. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of curious, um, now that you've been, I love how you said that you incorporated that into your kind of like a training plan, similar to running or whatnot. So what does mindfulness practice look and feel like to you? Yeah, I, uh, it's, it's very multifaceted uh, in my life right now, but it's, it's, it's essential for me to be able to, to function and not let uh, stress of any one particular part of life kind of take over the others. So for me, um, it's, I have a seated meditation practice that's an important part of my day, especially in the morning to really help me sort of set the tone for the day. And I have a number of guided meditation practices that I use, but also um, sometimes I like to just sit in complete silence. Mm -hmm. And I really view those seated meditation practices as an exercise in attention. Mm -hmm. um, and it's very similar to what we do, uh, to what I do in my own personal practice as well as what we practice at the retreats, mm -hmm. just how to practice being mindful while we run. So sometimes my runs are with friends and, you know, they're social and they're about like, you know, chatting and catching up and that's super fun. And that's, that's very relaxing and rejuvenating as well. But to be honest, but when it's, uh, when I'm not having a retreat, I, I do like to do a lot of my running by myself and I really use that opportunity to also practice that, uh, that focus of attention on the actual act of running, uh, very in a similar way as when I'm doing a seated meditation and really tuning into to how my body is feeling. Because, you know, as we know as runners, every day feels different. <laughs> some days running feels easy, sometimes it feels hard. So what I try to do with this mindful approach is, you know, first to really sort of scan my body, find out where there's tension, where there's sluggishness. What's my attitude? Am I psyched or am I kind of uh, feeling like I'm really having to force myself to, to get going? And I try not to judge any of the things that I'm feeling, whether it's good or bad, but just to notice it all, take it in and, uh, and then to relax into it. So then I usually shift my attention over to my breathing. And we do a lot with breath during the retreats because it's so powerful. And, and that's why breathing is often used as a focal point in a seated meditation practice. It's the same as what we can do in our, in our running meditation. We use the breath to regulate effort in, uh, as we run. And so when we're trying to run mindfully, 
We can also focus on breath as a mechanism to focus our attention on the present moment, like literally relax the body so that we have more, uh, more fluidity in our movement. So one that makes us more efficient, but it also helps to make sure that we're running relaxed. When we're running relaxed, then we're more likely to get into a state of flow. And, you know, that state of flow always feels like something, oh, we hear about it, it sure sounds nice, but, you know, it's not like you can make it happen. <laughs> but actually, we have a great deal of influence over the circumstances in which flow can potentially occur. So sometimes that happens, but you don't have to find that, that you know, that blissful flow state to be running mindfully. The practice of running mindfully is just about focusing your attention on uh, the present moment while you're running, whether that's mm -hmm. thinking about your body, thinking about your breath, or thinking about the environment in which you're running, but focusing that attention on the present moment. And it's in that moment where we find the stillness within us. Uh, and it's not about blocking out the thoughts, you know, sure, we're still going to have like, you know, a zillion things to think about. But even with those thoughts kind of churning in the background, we can find some, some presence in that moment uh, while we run. And when we have that level of focus and attention, it's amazing. We can actually turn off the stress response and activate the relaxation response. And that's when you're really running in a way that is really nourishing your body. And that's what I want people to just have a little, just have a little taste of that. Like, even if they only feel that for like one minute of a whole seven day retreat, that's still, that's, that's success. You know, mm -hmm. it, it's, uh, it's not about perfection. It's about practice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh man. I just, I absolutely adore everything you just said there. I, so I'm, I come from a sports psych background and we talk yeah. a lot about flow and, um, for me, just to hear you mention that and mention how you can blend it. So, um, it's not always seamless, but so how it can be blended with running, I should say, is really beautiful and really like harmonious to me. Um, and I really appreciate your perspective on that. Um, and I guess maybe this is a question that maybe some of the listeners have, because I know I experienced it quite a bit when I was starting to practice meditation. Um, they get frustrated easily um, and get frustrated with like, oh, I can't get rid of these thoughts or I can't relax or whatever. Do you have any advice for people who feel frustrated in trying to blend either running and meditation or just meditation on their own or mindfulness on their own? Absolutely. And, and that is a really common thing. And I think the, what it comes down to is expectation. Mm -hmm. if, we, if, if we focus too much on the expectation that uh, running mindfully should feel a certain way mm -hmm. or produce a specific result, uh, then that's where that frustration arises from. And I, I kind of want to blame all the, the mainstream media out there that yeah. has done a really good job of, of connecting the idea of mindfulness in sports with performance enhancement. Mm -hmm. You know, there was even an article I read in a major magazine recently that I won't name, but they, they, call, they, 
the headline was, you know, is mindfulness uh, an athlete's secret weapon? Mm. Something to that effect. Mm. So I mentioned that only because uh, there's lots of information out there that kind of presents mindfulness as something that can give you an edge or can be a secret weapon or a performance enhancer. And so it really builds a high level of expectation, like, all right, well, this should feel easy. This should feel blissful. Uh, this should not be hard. <laughs> uh, but what is hard is making peace with the fact that we are always distracted. We are mm -hmm. always thinking. Mm -hmm. I don't run mindfully because I'm a super mellow person. I run mindfully because I am neurotic <laughs> because my brain does not stop. I'm mm -hmm. always thinking about my business. I'm always thinking about my customers. I'm always thinking about my family. I'm always thinking about the next mm -hmm. adventure I want to go on. Like I, I'm used to constantly being on the go physically and mentally, but it takes a toll. Mm -hmm. So those of us who are driven to always be on the go, we're the ones who need to find those little moments of stillness the most. Mm -hmm. And so uh, when we feel frustration, just acknowledge that as part of your, uh, your natural propensity for expecting results and, and, and then realizing that uh, that's normal that's okay. But our practice is about not expecting results and mm -hmm. just focus on the practice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love, I really do uh, once again, love what you say there, but I think one of the reasons I actually didn't jive very well with sports psychology, I'm not practicing really oh. too much right now is because I was really torn with the idea of having mindfulness as that arsenal or the, as that like tool that you, where you expect something to happen. And for me, it was so frustrating because I was working with, I was working with athletes and they were like, well, nothing's happening. I'm like, well, don't expect it to happen. And they just didn't, you know, it was really hard mindset for, to get um, athletes out of. Um, so I'm really happy you emphasize that here. Yeah. Thank you. And, and yeah, I, that's so interesting because I see it even with so many runners, like they know they're, they're not striving necessarily to win races, but especially with social media and things like Strava, mm -hmm. we get mm -hmm. so conditioned to focus on continuous improvement. Mm -hmm. So when, as runners, we're always asked about goals. What's your goal? Mm -hmm. What are you working on? What race are you going to do next? And it, it almost seems like what's the point of running if there's not going to be continuous improvement? And so, but I think that the stick by which we're measuring improvement or defining what improvement is, is where a lot of people can get trapped in that you can improve by refining the process of running and your, uh, your immersion in, in the process of running yes. while releasing uh, focus on the outcome. And, and that can be hard. I see that especially hard for people who were very competitive in their early years, like I was, and then, and then lose that as they get older or enter a different phase in their life. And they, they get frustrated because they're bumping up against these new limitations. Maybe their bodies don't respond to training the way they used to, or they don't have the physical energy to do it, or they don't have the time to train the way they used to. Mm. So there's frustration there. How come I'm not getting the results that I used to get when I was in my 20s? 
oh, mm-hmm. but I'm in my 40s now. Things don't work the same. And, mm-hmm. and so how do we redefine our, our um, you know, what success means to us? And, and, uh, and that, that can be a long time, but that is a worthwhile process to engage in. I think mm-hmm. it's a beautiful process to engage in. Mm. Yeah, I agree. That process is so, so it's, it's one of those really tough things that I think um, a lot of people get focused on those outcome goals, like those times and, you know, their PRs and stuff like that. And they forget, like, <laughs> sometimes the best thing about going for a run is that you're outside. Like, do you, you know, or like the best thing about going for your run is that you get to lace your shoes up on your feet that are working, you know, and your legs that move because they can, and you have the health yes. to do that, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it, it's, it's seems like a very, um, passionate thing for you to speak about. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see, I can feel it almost and I love it. Um, so this is kind of not changing subjects, but I, I'm interested now in all that you've talked about here. Um, I would like to know what a typical day in the run wild retreat might involve, um, considering that you're blending mindfulness and running. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, so most of our international retreats are, are seven days long and, uh, our Moab retreat is four days long, but there is definitely a, a typical flow to each day. And, uh, and it usually starts with, you know, after breakfast, see, I like to start things at a reasonable time. So there's no, you know, 5 a.m. starts. <laughs> we have breakfast, we ease into the day. And uh, so once we're done with breakfast, you know, we usually go outside and we have, um, we'll do a little form clinic. And so there's a number of times throughout the day where we get together as a group, but um, we basically spend the mornings together as the bulk of our time, uh, starting with a running clinic. And we'll specifically zero in on one particular technique, running technique, uh, that is going to be helpful for that day's run. Mm -hmm. So whether it's uh, navigating technical terrain, maybe like kind of loose rocky terrain, how do we adjust our stride to account for that? Uh, And, or how do we uh, run efficiently up hills and that sort of thing. So I try to zero in on a couple of like physical practices that they can concentrate on and then practice during that day's run mm-hmm. uh, because it just it's easier to start with something sort of tangible something physical to practice uh, and it gives them something to again just to t- focus their attention on and then we'll usually go out on the trail and we'll be out there for a, usually about four hours now that may sound as if, you know, a really long time, but our runs, we're not covering huge distances. Hmm. Uh, we're usually not running more than eight to 10 miles. So during those four hours, so we're including things like lots of photo stops, uh, opportunities to, you know, have snacks from our packs, drink, uh, regroup, uh, stop and look at interesting sites along the way. Sometimes there's like cool historic features or we'll do a little side trail to the top of a little peak or a lookout, or, I mean, you know, there's any number of things. Um, And so it's very much, we really have no time limit for our runs. uh, So it's really pretty relaxed and and very much about just having fun out there. Mm -hmm. So by that time, we usually get back to where we're we're either finished where we started or finish someplace totally new, depending on, we have lots of point to point runs that are super Mm -hmm. fun. And then we'll have a late lunch somewhere. 
And then there's usually a few hours of free time and, and free time is really important. We all need time to kind of just relax and recharge. Maybe some people want to go explore on their own, whether we're in a village or in the wilderness, um, they can go do that. And then later in the day, usually around five o'clock or so before dinner, we'll get together for a wellness workshop. And that's where we dive into some of these deeper concepts of mindfulness. Uh, really, what's the idea behind it? And then how do we apply that to our running practice? And, uh, and that's really fun. We do, sometimes we do exercises uh, to like breathing exercises uh, in order to really feel the effects of a particular uh, type of, of uh, controlled breathing that we can then apply to our running. Um, or we'll go around the circle and have people share uh, something from their lives uh, that's applicable to the mindfulness lesson that we're talking about. So it's very interactive. It's, uh, we really get to know each other really well. It's really pretty powerful. Um, and I just love those, those workshops. They're also a really great opportunity to kind of reflect on that day's run and draw kind of some key, sometimes there's key lessons or experiences that come out of, of that specific days uh, run that just happens to totally perfectly illustrate something that we're talking about. And mm -hmm. it's amazing how often that happens. It, you know, I don't, I don't plan it to happen that way, but it's just, it's just, it's just the natural course of things. Uh, so yeah, so then we'll have a, a, a dinner somewhere as a, as a group, you know, sometimes we're in a restaurant, sometimes we're in a mountain hut and having it catered. Who knows? And, uh, and then we just have a nice relaxing uh, evening together. So, yeah. This sounds so nice. You're making me want to come. Yeah. <laughs> Same. I know. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so I guess moving on, um, what's next for Run Wild Retreats and Wellness? Is anything new on the horizon or anything that you hope to have happen or, you know, um, manifest to have happen? Yeah, there's a couple things I'm super excited about. Uh -huh. uh, well, we have a couple of new retreats this year that are going to be amazing. Um, one is in the Italian Dolomites, which is, uh, it's an amazing section of the, of the European Alps that's absolutely gorgeous. And I'd been wanting to run there for years and years and years. And I went and scouted it out in September and it's fabulous. So mm -hmm. uh, I'll have to tell you guys, there's only three spots left in that retreat. Um, it's happening okay. in July. Ooh. It's super exciting. Um, and then we also have an amazing retreat in Ireland. It's absolutely <gasps> wow. gorgeous. And, oh my gosh. Yeah. The, so like if mountains are a little bit, you know, too much for, uh, for some runners, which, you know, it's not for everybody. The Ireland retreat is amazing because we get to, see some absolutely beautiful, beautiful parts of Ireland. Um, and we're not at high altitude. We're not climbing any big mountains, but we get tons and tons of scenic rewards. So that's super fun. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other thing that's new this year that I'm really excited about is, well, I launched it last year in a sort of a small capacity. It's, it's the Healthy Runners Community. And it's an online community that it's just free for anyone to join. There's lots of men and women in there as long as well as almost all the runners who've ever been on a run wild retreat were also kind of invited to join. And I just wanted to have that community as a place for us to connect. Um, 
you know, after the retreat is done and, and, and not lose those connections and friendships that we forge during the retreats, but also to, to just have a space where anyone who wanted to come and talk about some of these ideas about running and health and running mm. and mindfulness could find a place uh, to have those conversations. So I'm going to be doing a lot more with that community this year. And I'm really, really excited to mm-hmm. have some guest speakers come in uh, and speak to us and, uh, and just bring people together that, that like, because I meet all these amazing people and I'm like, oh, I want to introduce you to this person over here. You have got to meet these girls over here. You guys would totally connect. You can share your stories about, you know, your autoimmune diseases or your, you know, all that you've overcome in order to still be running, you know, despite your challenges and, and uh, just bring all these really amazing people together. So uh, there's those kind of conversations happening in there and it's, it's super fun. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That sounds literally amazing. (laughs) I'm so excited for all that you're offering and like the cool retreats in Ireland and Italy. Like what an experience for someone who maybe has never run outside the U S I mean, I haven't been outside the U S yet. So, I mean, I can only imagine what that's like for someone who gets to have the experience of being mindful somewhere else besides the U S. Um, that must be amazing as well. Yeah, it's super fun. And uh, there's something about like stepping out of your own country and your own Mm -hmm. daily routine and Mm -hmm. just your own kind of, we all get, you know, into kind of these habits and and, having things uh, always, you know, play out day after day. A lot of the the same stuff is happening and it's, Mm -hmm. it's so healthy and so rejuvenating to give yourself an opportunity to step out of that and just open up to something completely foreign. It's, uh, mm-hmm. I find it so invigorating mm-hmm. and, and that's why the, the retreats are so fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you kind of answered this question in regards to what, um, is next for run wild retreats, but, um, what's currently making you thrive? Uh, what's currently making me thrive right now is a lot of self-compassion. Uh, yeah. So, and I, not that long ago, I was actually diagnosed with, uh, arthritis in my feet, Mm. which was devastating. And so I'm still in this mode of really trying to practice daily, just a lot of self-compassion because there are Mm. times when my my arthritis flares up and running is painful. And, and so, mm-hmm. so really uh, constantly adjusting my expectations and, and um, being very gentle with myself, running more when it feels good and then uh, backing off when, uh, you know, when it's not so good. Mm. Yeah. That's how I thrive. <laughs> yeah. It's a, yeah. can imagine that's a tough balance to find. Yeah. Now, um, we're kind of wrapping up here in our last couple of questions. One being looking back on your, your running career, your running journey and your life. Um, what advice would you give to your younger self? Uh, the advice I'd give to my younger self is to, is to not waste so much energy doubting myself. <laughs> I mean, I launched run wild retreats as a business, not because I knew it would be successful or I knew uh, everything that I needed to know to run a travel company. I, I had none of that. 
Um, but I was tired of doubting myself. So I figured even though there's doubt, even though I, ha I don't know what I'm doing, even though I don't know if this is going to work out or not, I'm going to do it anyway. Mm -hmm. And so that's the advice I would give myself, uh, my younger self is to don't be afraid to try just because you don't know if you're going to succeed. Mm hmm. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And kind of just going for it. Right. Yeah. That's so, it's so invigorating, but it's also so scary. And so I can't, that idea of going for it, there are so many emotions wrapped up in that. It's really unreal. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, so the, one of the last questions we like to ask, um, is what does being a strong runner chick or in this case, a mindful runner chick mean to you? Oh, it, it, means, uh, to me, it means never, never buying into the negative self-talk, you know, mm -hmm. that whenever you challenge yourself or push yourself outside of your comfort zone, when it, I should say me, I shouldn't say you, I should say mm -hmm. whenever I push myself outside of my comfort zone, uh, or I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to do something that negative self-talk creeps in. And, um, so being strong to me means not buying in to saying, yeah, okay, <laughs> you can say that, but I'm not going to believe it. Mm. Mm. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Um, so Eleanor, um, as we wrap up, what, if someone wants to, um, connect with you, they've heard something and they're like, Oh, I really want to connect with Eleanor or they want to sign up for a retreat because honestly, I, I want to sign up <laughs> yeah. for a retreat. Um, how can they connect with you or do that? Yeah. Well, uh, I'm so I spend most of my time in two places at runwildretreats.com is where all the information is about our retreats. Plus there's, uh, all the different ways to, to contact us, whether by email or chat through the website, runwildretreats.com. The other place I hang out is the Healthy Runners community, and that is just healthyrunnerscommunity.com. Mm -hmm. uh, and so you can find me in either of those places. And then, of course, uh, Run Wild Retreats is also on Facebook. Um, yeah. Mm. I'm just Googling right now, healthyrunnerscommunity.com, because I want to take a look at it. <laughs> Come on in. Yes, <laughs> Great I to have you. I would love to. Um, well, Eleanor, first and foremost, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with Megan and I tonight. Um, it has been, for me, very enlightening, and for me, actually very comforting as well. Mm -hmm. um, I seem to relate to quite many, to many of the things that you speak about. So, um, thank you, um, for, for speaking passionately and from your heart and from, you know, this idea of manifesting what's right for one another. So thank you. Well, thank you, Megan and Kelsey. It's, it's been awesome talking to you guys and thank you for putting on this amazing podcast and yeah. having, starting these conversations. I love it. Thank you so much. Thanks again for listening to another episode of Strong Runner Chick Radio. We'd like to give one final shout out to Fast Zach, which is a distance-based routing app that will be your voice guide and your companion as you dare to explore a little more. So whether that's a new route in your hometown or you find yourself in a new city and you'd like to search by landmarks, geographical features, and just 
explore a new running route, you can find them in the app store at FastSack, and they will be your person. Thanks for listening to the Strong Runner Chicks Radio. Do us a favor and leave a review in iTunes to help spread awareness and foster the SRC community. Additionally, make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Strong Run Chicks.